Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Adam F. Jones. Adam is a transformational speaker, leadership tactician, author, and a former U.S. Army Black Hawk pilot and captain. In this episode, we'll be discussing his new book, Weapons of Mass Deception, and we'll learn about some ways leaders can detect, dismantle, and defeat the four weapons destroying your peace, purpose, and power. So lean in, leaders, and let's get started. Woo! We're back, everybody, with another episode of the Avail Podcast. As always, we are connecting with amazing leaders who are impacting locally, nationally, and globally. Today, we have the privilege of sitting here with Adam F. Jones, an incredible guest, an amazing leader, and a great resource that he's going to be sharing with us today. Specifically, it's his new book, Weapons of Mass Deception. I'm excited to get into this conversation. Adam, how does it feel to be here on the Avail podcast? Oh, it feels great. Thanks for having me, Pastor Virgil. And I'm excited to share with your audience a little bit, just some things that I learned on the way as I was going through all of the uh, all the challenges after really getting out of the service. So yeah, it's good. It's good to be yeah, with you. This is going to be fun. Um, what I really like about, about you and your leadership is that you really make a strong connection with your military experience. Um, what, what the, you know, what you've been through, what the Lord has allowed you to experience and kind of lead through and now bringing a message that's going to help people on their journey of life. Uh, before we jump into the book, before we jump into your book, weapons of mass deception, can you just share a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your story? Uh, who is Adam F. Jones? Where are you from? Uh, and where are you, are you now? Yeah, I'm glad you asked me because I always skip it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm from Nazareth, Pennsylvania, born and raised out there. Went to Penn State, commissioned into the Army through Army ROTC. Um, before joining the Army and before going through college, I was actually started flying planes at 12 years old through a program called Civil Air wow. Patrol. So, man, I was always involved in like military things and small team leadership. Um, after getting into the army, I did not become a pilot like I wanted to. I, I didn't get my childhood dreams right away. I actually became a military police officer. And uh, eventually, after meeting my wife, see, that was what was missing there. I had to meet my wife still. So once I met her, then I ended up kind of just keep knocking on the door to eventually fly. And I became a Black Hawk helicopter pilot in the United States Army. Um, I got out as a captain and uh, I was a company commander in charge of you know quite a few soldiers. So it was a really good experience. Uh, you and I have talked a little bit, you know, once I got out, not only did I, did I lose a sense of identity, but also mm -hmm. I found there were certain parts of, you know, the way the mindsets that I had and the way I operated in life that were no longer helpful, you know? Yeah. So, uh, man, I went through some deep darkness and pain after getting out, but it wasn't just the military. It was many different areas mm -hmm. kind of bringing this. It was like this perfect storm coming into my life. So yeah, that's a little bit of my background. And I'm a father of two beautiful, amazing, powerful girls. Um, so just, I, I love it. You know, I love, love my life. I love my girls and I'm just glad to be here. Yeah, that's great. You know, I, I, one of the things that never ceases to amaze me is how, how the Lord uses our stories, no matter who we are, no matter where we're from, no matter what we've been through, 
God has a way of redeeming our lives and using us to make a difference. And I love it because that's that's your heart, Adam. We're going to talk today about uh, your new book, Weapons of Mass Deception. Uh, the time of recording is 2023. We're here in February 2023. We're excited because it's literally going to be hot off the press. So whenever you are, if you're listening and watching, maybe later on in time, well, it's already out. But Weapons of Mass Deception, let's just start off. Why did you write this book? What's the heart of this book and, and who did you write it for? Man, it's a good good first question. So, um, you know, when, when, when I stepped out of the structure of the service, and I say it that way for a reason, uh, pretty quickly, the ambitious, driven man that I was constantly was trying to make things happen in his life, hmm. started to feel that his ambition and his drive was hurting the people closest to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, seriously, you know, Pastor Virgil, when I, when I got out and I switched and moved to Pittsburgh from Colorado, I just went through tremendous transition and I really started to lose my sense of power and confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so many things I was dependent on that I no longer had. And really, you know, for this audience, what inspired me was I felt a responsibility to release this message into the world. I mean, no joke. I didn't want to write a book and I definitely didn't want to write this book. I had a lot of people who would tell me, you know, Adam, you're a Blackhawk helicopter pilot. You're mm. a speaker, leadership trainer. You know, you're working with executives and stuff. Why not write a book about your military experience? I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't have anything to share that much anyways. And they'd say, well, you know, you have these frameworks. You could teach these frameworks. And I'd go, oh, it's a good idea. And then a day or two would go by and I'd be like, no, you know, it's just not right. It's not real. It's not me. Mm. And then one day... I get this absolute, you know, download of just reforming um, uh, destructive culture that can really hurt people long term, right? And how there are organizations, there are mission-minded organizations that have great intentions, but sometimes they they bring mindsets in that can hurt that person long term if it's not properly stewarded and taught, mm. right? So, yeah. anyways, man, it was just a total conviction. I gotta release this message because I was in this deep pit of darkness, feeling like my life, you know, um, wasn't in alignment anymore to who I was meant mm-hmm. to be. I was getting in arguments with my wife that I never saw coming. I was having conversations that I never would have predicted. And with all of that came total breakthrough and transformation from what I reveal in this book. And I said, you know what, it's, it's not, it would be irresponsible to me to hold this in and not share it just because that's comfortable. So I'd rather do the uncomfortable thing and release it. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> you know, life can get disorienting at times and I can't even imagine, I, I didn't, I've never been in the military, by the way, thank you for your service uh, for our nation. Um, but I've heard and I, and I've have a lot of friends as well uh, that, that have been in, and life can be disorienting when you have certain transitions in and out, um, you know, back to civilian life, back to, you know, not, not maybe being in the role, but now being being father, husband, and getting back into the into the rhythm, um, and that's why I think I think your voice is important. Not only have a lot of people been through that in the in the same case as military, but even just life can be disorienting. Now, now you call this book "Weapons of Mass Deception." A lot of us have heard "Weapons of Mass Destruction." Uh, can you define for us what is a weapon of mass deception, and and why do you call it that? Yeah, that's a really good question. So first I'll give you the definition, then I'm going to talk to you about what it all means. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, to, I'm going to read it to you right from the book. A weapon of mass deception is any act of hidden malicious intent 
that exploits another person's insecurities or motives in order to deter, delay, dissuade, or destroy a multitude of people. Wow. There's a lot in that definition, which is why I spent a lot of time on it in the book. Mm-hmm. But it's not just destruction. A weapon of mass deception wants to deter you, wants to discourage you, it wants to yeah. delay you, right? And for me, a, a really big lesson that I had to learn that helped me with my breakthrough that I really hope if, if you know, if you're listening right now, I want you to capture this one part. Hmm. What we suppress in our heart spreads into our home. And what I thought is that because I was trained how to suffer, I was trained how to embrace pain. I was trained, you know, in survival school and all these different <laughs> things of just, man, hold it all in and like, you know, look like you got it all together. And I would do that. I would show up on business meetings and I looked like I had it all together. But afterwards, man, I would go, I'd, I'd break down mm-hmm. in a battle. I, I mean, honestly, I would because I felt so alone. I felt like no one got me mm. and I couldn't really be me. I had to be the Black Hawk pilot. I had to be the Black Hawk pilot. I had to yeah. be the army commander all the time because that's the only way people saw me. Yeah. And I remember saying, man, if people knew Adam, Adam's not enough. Mm-hmm. So if they only knew Adam, I'm going to lose my cool card. You know what I mean? Like I need yeah. to use that. I need to lean into that because that's what makes me someone that people can trust or that someone says, man, this guy must be cool. He's a Blackhawk pilot. He this is a cool, must be a cool dude. Right. And I'm like, man, but there's so much more to me, but I'm not sharing it with you. Mm. And see a weapon of mass deception. What it likes to do is it plays off of those insecurities, those mixed motives uses ambitious and driven people to hurt a lot of people in the process because what we suppress spreads. Yeah. I would have suffered for life. Honestly, man, I, I would have just held it all in and I've yeah. been fine because it's just, I'm wired that way. I'd be, I would have been okay. And, and what I didn't realize was the pain that was spreading from outside of me. Well, from within me to outside of me, to my yeah. wife, to my daughter, to my family and friends, the environment that I was creating because I wasn't learning how to defeat these weapons. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing here undertones of, of identity. I'm hearing undertones of what we naturally as humans do. Sometimes it's masks. We put masks on and, and, and what you're saying right now makes, it makes a lot of sense. It's a little counterintuitive, but what we suppress, we end up spreading, right? So what we, what we suppress and we maybe try to hide somehow, it, it comes out and, and, and that's why it's deceiving. That's why it's a weapon of mass de- deception. Um, man, I think this is important. I think this is important because it's so easy to, to just keep walking through the motions. And, and, and I think the longer that you're under a weapon of mass deception, the, the, the more damage it can do, the more you kind of get stuck in it. Right. Um, obviously this book comes from your heart. God inspired the, you know, it's God inspired in your life, but there's a lot of personal life experiences that you, that you share and that you put in this, uh, in, in this book that helps us understand uh, this journey. Can you, can you share with us an example of when a weapon of mass deception affected you personally? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, this is an area where once I could begin to see that I was not the target but I was an initial entry point for a greater target. That's when I was willing to change. 
I mean, I'm telling you, that's when I put mm-hmm. the blinders on in a whole new way. I didn't put the blinders on in terms of stay ambitious, stay focused, stay driven. I put it on in terms of, man, I got to create availability in my life. I got to yeah. remove the things that are pulling my presence away from my family and my friends because they deserve better. Mm-hmm. My, my, my daughter deserves a better father. And I know he's in there because a good father lives within me. Yeah. Right. Yep. I know he's in there. It might not be Adam right now. It might just be my heavenly father living inside, but mm-hmm. he will transform. He will start to change. So that was really, really key. And the most significant moment I think that I could always go back to is I remember um, walking into, into my kitchen. My wife gets home from, from a long day of work. I was at home. I was running some podcasts. I had a client meeting with an executive uh, leader that I was coaching uh, from leadership training that I do. And I walk upstairs and, uh, um, we're both getting into the kitchen. She's like, Hey, how was your day? I said, Oh, it was great. You know? And all of a sudden I remember she looks over and she sees that there are groceries out still that I didn't put the groceries away that I brought in from the house, put onto the counter and never did anything else with hours later. Right. And all of a sudden we don't have any more money left. So these groceries are now falling apart that, you know, like they're soggy, like the, the perishables perish, <laughs> you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I can just see how she was like, where are you right now? And not only could I see it, she said it. Mm. There's a moment throughout that day where she goes, Adam, where are you? And I said, what, what do you mean? She's, I said, I'm right here. She goes, no, no, you're not here. Yeah. You're never here. I don't know where you are, but it's not here. I don't know where you want to be. It's not with us. That was a moment when I could realize that all the internal fights and struggles that were going on inside my mind and really inside of my heart was being felt by my wife Hmm. and my daughter and the people around me that she was like, look, you don't want to be here. You're not present at all. And I can feel it. I can feel the tension. And I remember thinking, man, I walk into a home and I feel all this tension. I feel all this anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. You know what I didn't realize? I was feeling it because it was inside of me and right. it was spreading from my heart into my home. So if I want to heal the home, if I want to help the home, I need to learn how to heal the heart. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll share this last part. I remember crying out to God. <clears throat> I think you'd appreciate this. And I said, if, if Moses, not Moses, sorry, if Pharaoh could mm. harden his heart, God, would you just soften mine? Yeah. And he did. Yeah, that's good. You know, I, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking it's, this is just real life. Um, the, the, when we, especially those of us maybe who are, leaders who are very driven and very, you know, I think there could be, I I think there could be a good, healthy ambition, but sometimes that can turn into an unhealthy ambition. But when we're so driven, it's possible to be physically present, but emotionally absent. Uh, It's possible to be, you know, and I think that's what your wife was saying to you (laughs) is, is, where are you? You were there physically, but your heart, your, 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 your emotions, your, you know, your, your true self, wasn't completely there. And I think that can happen. You, you also, I remember reading through, through parts of your book and you reference kind of healing for the heart, the home and the headquarters referring to, mm-hmm. 
yeah. my life, my home, and where I work, right? Um, and I think that's I think that's a big piece of it, right? Because because a, a person might feel, and, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, Adam. A person might feel, man, I'm successful. Look at all the things I'm doing at work. But that's not the headquarters is not the only place that I need to be well and healthy. Uh, have you seen that? And and do you speak to that a little bit in the book? Yeah, and I and I think not only that when you when you study the path of this weapon. Right. This is the weapon that is unseen, but is affecting many people today. I mean, we're talking about suicide, divorce, depression, yeah. um, what's called hastened death, which is when people actually choose to speed up how, how much more time they have left here on Earth because they don't want to live any longer. So wow. they start to live a more dangerous life and they start to put things into their body to speed it up. Right. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. And. For me, I didn't, I didn't have suicidal thoughts or anything, but man, I absolutely felt like a zombie. <laughs> I felt like my life, no matter how hard I worked, was never going to be enough. And I remember seeing through eyes um, where I asked someone this. I said, hey, does anyone else see what I see? And they're like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. And I said, I just feel like I'm tired all the time, but I mean, it's all day long. And it's like my eyes feel so hazy and cloudy. And it's like, there's a film over my eyes. And what I didn't realize was all the way back then, I was starting to discover, I was starting to detect these weapons. Mm. That's why I was feeling that way. I don't feel that way anymore. Man, I'm filled with energy and I'm fully, fully present and available to the people around me now because I've learned this. Yeah. So the path of the weapon starts in the heart, spreads into the home, and then continues to shift and follow you into your headquarters. So you might have a really good working environment right now. Everything's mm -hmm. awesome. And you're like, I'm winning. I don't know how long that's going to last mm -hmm. because eventually it's all going to start to show that it's connected. It just yeah. takes time. You know, I think about like the greatest attack that we could ever put on people in uniform is to, is to have them feel that their time and service didn't matter. Right. You, you have any idea, you know, to, to whoever's listening, how many people served that have regrets for doing things they never did? They have regrets for doing things they never got to do that they were never asked to do. Now, I am not just a voice for the veterans. This is about leaders in general, high performing, mm -hmm. high capacity leaders. But when you see that and you see systematically how it's causing the suicides at the rates that they're at. You say, man, the greatest attack against our protectors is that. Mm -hmm. it's, to, it's to cause them to start to <clears throat> lose all sense of identity, purpose, power, peace, to where they, it's, it's as if their mission's over now that they're out. Mm. And not only that, I've talked to a lot of people about this. They say it's as if that those past years didn't count mm. to their life. Yeah, yeah. Th this is something that's important, especially if, if we're leading and we want to be healthy leaders and we want to be productive, fruitful leaders. We got to pay attention to this. So, so you specifically go into four weapons uh, of mass deception in the book. We don't have time to talk about all four of them. This is a limited time podcast. <laughs> but could you maybe tease us with a few and maybe just talk to us about one of the specific weapons that you talk about in the book? Whether you're an innovator in ministry, business, or your community, Avail Plus is designed to take you to the next level. What is Avail Plus? It's an exclusive leadership resource that offers access to brand new premium resources like books, study guides, and masterclasses. It's a chance to connect with other leaders on live calls and classes. It's early access to materials no one else has held in their hands. It's the catalyst to your next season of growth 
life as a leader. To find out more about how you can become a member of Avail Plus, head over to theartofleadership.com forward slash avail dash plus. Yeah, really good question. And in this book, I'm going to take you through a four-phase operation called Operation Restoration, right? This is not just a book where you're reading about my life. Instead, we're bringing in new stories, new examples, scenarios, all this type of stuff. I mean, it's truly a plan of attack, mm-hmm. frameworks, tactics, all those things being revealed. And in this four-phase operation, the first phase is simply to define the weapon. So we're going to spend a little bit of time together, and I'm going to help you define this weapon and how it's affecting your life. If you're ambitious, you're driven, you know, that's amazing. I'm going to give you a quick spark note that I say in the beginning of the book. Ambition is great when it's aligned to your assignment. I'm not saying don't be ambitious. Mm -hmm. I'm saying align it to your assignment. Right. It has to be properly aligned. If not, it's going to remove your availability to say yes for the greater things in your life, Mm -hmm. which is literally your family, right? I mean, this is your family, your friends, it's your community. It's your team you're currently leading. So I'm I'm bringing this all together to share with you a weapon I want to talk to you about. But we got to define it. Next, we got to detect the deception. Well, which deception, which weapon of mass deception mm-hmm. is present in my heart right now? And we, we have a survey in there, a battle damage assessment to help you with this. But the weapon I'm going to talk to you about, I call the altar of impact. The altar of impact. This was a weapon that was probably hurting me more than any other. And it was really rooted in um, what I felt would, would equate to impact in my life. Mm-hmm. In other words, Long story short, what I started to do is I would sacrifice my family yeah. on the altar of impacting other families. I would mm. sacrifice my role as a father, as a husband, on the altar of impacting other husbands and fathers. It was as if I would abdicate my responsibility. I didn't think I was doing that. I thought I was being noble. I thought I was doing the right thing, serving right sacrificing. And that's something I talk about a lot when I, when I work with a military organization, there's a difference in thinking sacrifice is sacrificing your family, your time with family. Well, Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm being selfless. In other words, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm being selfless. I got to go. Well, maybe you being selfless is actually you staying. Sometimes it is right. We got to figure this stuff out. So this weapon loves to pull you away to cause you to drift away and to cause others to drift away from you, who you have your influence with right now. And it's very destructive. Yeah. And this is where my wife and I thought we were like opposing forces. And, and it felt like there was such a distance between us because the altar of impact was bringing that destruction into my heart and it was spreading into my home. That's phase two. Phase three, we teach you how to dismantle the weapon. How was this weapon all formed? How do we pull it apart? And then phase four, we deploy a counterattack. You mm. clear tactics that you can use now based on the weapon that's in your life that mm-hmm. you can start to deploy quickly and get immediate results while also understanding everything takes time. And your family might take a little bit of time to adjust to this new version of you. But at the end of the day, if you're maxed out, I want to help you become transformed. Yeah, that's good. I feel like going, I feel like going to get my, my, my camo on (laughs) get into action as I read your book. I love this. Um, You know, I think it's easy, even like I did right now, it's easy when, when somebody hears, for example, that you Adam came uh, from a military background, uh, people can automatically think, okay, trauma, combat, 
post-traumatic stress issues, right? And and obviously, yes, trauma can be one of the origins of of, of, of a weapon like this, but it's definitely not the only one. Can you talk a little bit about some of those origins of these weapons? Yeah, love the question. It's extremely important during the time we live in because when we immediately default to thinking <clears throat> that someone experienced trauma just because they were in, you're missing a bigger picture to their story. And mm -hmm. actually, I think pretty quickly what you can do is you can isolate them to where they don't want to tell you their story anymore. This was right. me, right? So let me get real with everyone on here. You know, I've been in a uniform since I was 12 years old. I got out of the military. Uh, and what I, what I mean by that is the Civil Air Patrol, which is an auxiliary of the Air Force. I basically felt like I was in the military since I was 12, right? Mm. Doing search and rescue missions and all that. Went straight into the Army, became an Army officer, grew through the ranks of that in leadership. Took the uniform off, I think, right at about 28 years old or so. So that's a lot of time. Yeah. And people go, man, I can't imagine the things you've seen. And I go, no, I haven't really seen, you know, like I, haven't, I don't have any traumatic experience. I, I didn't see combat. I was, I was on a schedule to deploy three times and all three times it got canceled. I don't mm. know what to tell you. That's my story. And see, believe it or not, that's most of the stories. Most of the stories are not, I got some really cool, awesome Navy SEAL who saw all this crazy combat and they had some trauma and they overcame it. I, I honor them. I love them. I'm appreciative for them, yeah. but they're not the majority. The majority are the people who were like, man, I was only in the reserves. Mm. I was only in the reserves for a couple of years and then I got out. So I don't talk about that time in my life. I was only in the Army National Guard and I only deployed to uh, Kuwait. Mm. I didn't see any combat. I talk about this in the book. Someone who told me he's deployed twice to heavy combat zones, but he was only a truck driver. He never shot a gun in the Marines. He was only a truck driver. It's this consistent cycle of comparison right. that is absolutely destroying them. And what we need to be very aware of, not just for military, I'm talking about athletes, mm -hmm. you know, I'm talking about, um, uh, you know, pastors. Sometimes someone goes, oh man, I can't, you know, I can't, what size was your organization? How big, how big are you running it? Right. right. Like that kind of stuff. Can we just stop that type of conversation for a minute and zoom out to the bigger picture of what's the common ground? Anyways, the point is a weapon of mass deception mm -hmm. We'll, we'll share with you that deception doesn't discriminate mm -hmm. and that you don't need to be in the military to experience what I'm talking to you about. Mm -hmm. Trauma is only one cause. What I've just shared with you is many people I know who didn't have trauma, but they had something else. Mm -hmm. so here's the origins of the weapon. You have trauma, which is a given, right? We understand mm -hmm. that one. You have training. This is one a lot of people don't think about enough. Mm -hmm. You might've been trained in a way that attracted this type of weapon and, and cause you to suppress it. I find that one more common than any other, to be honest. Mm -hmm. This is why we see it systematically in organizations, certain types of organizations, right? Another is transitions. So, so, you know, I didn't have trauma, but I did have training and I did have a transition. I had a very turbulent transition, you know, left from Colorado, got out of the military, moved to Pittsburgh right after that COVID happens. That's a pretty big transition. Yeah. Father, I have a new home. I don't know anyone in my community. Perfect to get me isolated, right? Perfect mm -hmm. to attack. And then the last one, uh, timing. Those are the four origins of the weapon. Timing, meaning I'm running out of time. I, I, I just got to keep pushing. I got to keep going. I'm running out of time. Or this time in my life has made me more susceptible to it. You know, like there's times where I'll talk to a college athlete and I'll say, hey, 
guys, you know, like a lot of them are not going to go pro. Do they feel like they're behind in life? Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's very possible that this weapon has targeted them. And there's a lot more depth to timing. If I had more time with you, I'd share it. But in the book, I talk about that more. Yeah, it's good. I think, I think I really like the, the framework that you use um, in the book. You define the weapon, you detect the deception, you dismantle the weapon, and then you deploy the counterattack. Um, mm-hmm. Before we go into how people can get your book, can you just touch on, on deploying the counterattack? Like, like just touch a little bit about, about what that means and how that might look like in, 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 in a person's life. Yeah, great, great. So with deploying a counterattack, um, man, we got to understand that if we are the light in the world, then we are an extreme threat to darkness. That's right. And that actually, there really isn't truly a battle between light and dark in terms of like dark ever winning. Because right. if I just turn the lights off and then and then I turn a flashlight on, the flashlight wins. That's right. You know what I mean? So like we need to be intentional with the fact that, hey, I might have been attacked, but that's because I'm a threat. Mm-hmm. See, the reason this book really works best for leaders, high capacity, high performance leaders, because you attract this type of attack, this type of weapon. Yep. Right. And what's so cool about that is you realize it's because you have influence. It's because it's because you're someone who can reach others. You can change atmospheres. So I want to help you deploy counterattacks. Yep. To say, look, man, if the altar of impact has been affecting me, then I need to look through this list of counterattacks that Adam provides and pulls out the right one that I can start to use. Now, for the example of altar of impact, this can get really simple very quickly. Boundaries. Mm-hmm. So understand that boundaries not only protect me, but protect the other people in my life. That when yeah. I say yes to something, I'm saying no to everything else. I don't know if people realize that enough. Like when you said, hey, Adam, are you, you know, could we, let, let's put a podcast episode together and you offered me this opportunity. I realized that you are taking this hour out of your life and you mm-hmm. can't get anyone else. It's just with me and, I, and I'm honored for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So boundaries are critical, but how are we intentionally setting up those boundaries to where we protect others around us? That's a counterattack that we can deploy immediately for the altar of impact to say, look, I want to make an impact in the world. I want to make sure my life matters and my name matters and all those things. Mm. At the same time, though, it's 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 within this boundary now, right? It's past this certain time of the day. Uh, it's a Saturday. It's a Sunday. It's whatever. I mean, I know someone, Brendan Bruchard, who's a high performance coach, and he he said no to meeting with the president twice, different presidents throughout the past you know decade because he <laughs> said, I actually have a date with my wife that day and I already planned it. Like what, you know, you talk about stretching, stretching us to be really present and loyal to the people around us. So anyways, that's, that's one counterattack right away for the altar of impact that we can all deploy, but we got to be intentional with it. Don't just pick a whole bunch of boundaries. Everyone else does decide what's best for you and then really stick to it. I love it. All right. Here's what I want to do. I want to, I want people to know how to get this book. Um, I do want to, I do want to ask a question or two about how you help leaders and organizations. Um, I want to get to that, but before that, how can people get this brand new hot off the press book weapons of mass deception by Adam F Jones? Yeah, well, I will be writing books in the future and I don't know if I'll be as convicted about them as this one. So I'm (laughs) telling you, it's not about the book. It's about a message of restoration for the heart of the home. 
If you want to see homes restored, if you want to see the world we live in with, with connection and deeper unity, starting with our communities, then like I'm telling you, I am so convicted on this. You need this book because it's not about Adam. Yeah. It's about you. It's a plan of attack for you. If you think there's more, there's more freedom, there's more transformation you can experience. You know that there's been something missing. I really do believe this book is going to reveal it to you because it's not just a book. It's a message. And in that message, you will get a plan of attack. So I want to give that plan of attack to you along with any other resources you want. If you want just the book, start with there. If you want a workbook so you can do some internal reflection or maybe group facilitated discussion, I love that kind of stuff. So I made you a workbook as well. Additionally, we have a masterclass. This masterclass, you're going to get a lot of time with me um, through the video, and I'm going to help guide you through these breakthroughs on a deeper level. So all of that is available to you at adamfjonesbook.com. I'm telling you, it's time to deploy this plan of attack into your life because now more than ever, we need to see the restoration of the heart of the home. And I'm excited about it. Yes, this is good. So just go to adamfjones.com, adamfjonesbook, adamfjonesbook.com. That's where you're going to have all the information on this book specifically all the resources that are connected to it. I know that adamfjones.com is also your website, but we're specifically talking about weapons of mass deception, the book, the study guide, the masterclass videos, all that's options that you can have. Uh, I think it's a no brainer to, to get the whole bundle because, hey, lean in and, and, and get into this. Now, uh, before we close, Adam, I know that you you work with leaders and organizations kind of in, in strategizing and leadership. Can you just tell us briefly about that? Yeah. So, you know, one thing that I was taught by a mentor of mine named Israel, who I talk about in this book, Israel said, Adam, go back to the Genesis to find your revelation. Go back to the beginning and start to see all the different parts of your story and how they make sense. And the one thing that actually, oddly enough, happened in my life is I would consistently get teams that were underperforming or low morale um, or toxic leaders. I mean, I, I got it all multiple times. <laughs> And I started to have to really learn like, hey, how do we shift this? How do we increase retention? How do we increase engagement without constantly talking about those two things and have them be a byproduct? See, too many of us are talking about retention. And yeah. if we just keep saying, hey, I want to increase retention, we want to increase engagement, people will actually be, will, will start to comply with the norm. So if they think retention's low and you keep talking about it, guess what? You're happy to have me. Engagement's low. Well, hey, I'm a little bit engaged, so you know you're welcome, right? Like we start to get that entitlement yeah. instead of progression. So I want to help leaders progress their teams and become attractive to where they're ready to to train new people. So at the end of the day, this was the trend that I saw, and over that time, I started to build out what I call the blue sky leadership strategy. That strategy, part of that, is in the book. All right. That's actually one area of the strategy is this resiliency aspect and helping people become more resilient. But what Kingdom Operatives does, and I'm the CEO of Kingdom Operatives, is we train leaders to equip and empower their teams. That's it. We want to equip and empower the team to be able to lead, the team to be able to take decisive action. Good. Because then that leader can start to focus on what's coming up next. They can become more strategic. They can look more at shaping culture. And overall, the organization gets a sense of ownership, which in return, you're going to see an increase in retention, engagement, and morale, all the things you want. 
So that's something I do through workshops and through speaking to organizations, which is available to anyone who wants that by going um, now to the site, adamfjones.com and reaching out to us and getting a call together. That's good. You heard it, everybody. AdamFJones.com for more information on how Adam can help you and your organization and your leadership team. Uh, Also, the book, AdamFJonesBook.com. The book is Weapons of Mass Deception. This is going to help you in your leadership journey. I will mention as well, Adam, we love resourcing leaders here at Avail. The Avail Journal, uh, this comes out quarterly. Uh, I think that there's no other Christian leadership quarterly journal quite like this one. It looks good. It feels good. And the content is awesome. Leaders, if you're not doing it yet, you can subscribe for a free annual subscription by going to availjournal.com, availjournal.com. I, I know uh, you're familiar with the Avail Journal. Adam, have you enjoyed some of that? Oh, it is phenomenal. Yeah. Like you talk about yeah. some high quality production. My goodness. <laughs> hey, everybody, availjournal.com. Get a free annual subscription. The website is Adam jo- adamfjonesbook.com for the book Weapons of Mass Deception. It's time to close. Hey, I could be in this party for another hour, Adam, but we got to wrap up this, this uh, episode. Can you just leave all of our leaders here at Avail with a, a final nugget from your heart? Yeah, absolutely. One thing I was thinking about, sending this as a leadership podcast, is maybe sharing a little bit about what we need to see in this new stage of of life that we're in, right? And this is really speaking from the heart. We can't teach leadership if we don't live the life of leadership. I'm going to share with you my equation. It's that leadership is a lifestyle plus a lens, the way we see the world, plus a language over the foundation of love. And see, when you learn to actually love the people around you, you become more effective at everything else. This book, Weapons of Mass Deception, is going to teach you to see how God loves you, to see how you can love yourself, how you can love others. And in return, your lifestyle, your lens, your language is all going to improve. The one thing that I was missing, Virgil, when I was really going through this this area of darkness, Hmm. I needed an example I could point to. I needed something where I could say, that's how I feel. Hmm. But too often, most people only have the language of leadership, so they sound perfect. They sound great. They sound like they got it all together. I needed real, raw people who would say, man, this is what's really going on in my life, and I could Mm -hmm. point to that. I had a person who was on a TV show where I said, Jess, you see that person? That's how I feel. And I remember she was so shocked. like She couldn't believe it because I didn't have the words for it. I never told her. She had no clue. She was blindsided by how I felt. Until Mm. I had an example, I had language. This book, if anything, is going to give you the language you need built on the foundation of love so that you can begin to experience the transformation that has been waiting for you all along. That's good. That can preach right there, everybody. The book is Weapons of Mass Deception. The author is Adam F. Jones. The website is Adam F. Jones Book dot com. Uh, Adam, let me just say, uh, man, we're proud of you. Uh, on behalf of the Avail team, Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilborg, everybody behind Avail Leadership, we want to say we honor you. Uh, we bless you. We thank you for your service to our country. But even, I mean, right now, just thank you for serving leaders by producing content, uh, resources, and a book like Weapons of Mass Deception. We're, we're really blessed by you. Yeah, appreciate it, Pastor Virgil, and to the whole Avail team and everyone listening. You know, thank you so much for allowing me to be a voice in your life for this moment. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for connecting once again to another amazing episode of the Avail podcast. My name is Virgil Sierra. I'm the lead pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, where we are one church, two languages. I'm your host right here for the Avail podcast. Every week, a new episode pops out. Adam, it's been awesome. Avail audience, listeners, viewers, we love you. We'll catch you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, Adam F. Jones. To get his book, Weapons of Mass Deception, go to adamfjonesbook.com. And you can find out more about Adam at adamfjones.com and on social media under the handle Lead with Adam. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast.